How's it going? Welcome to the live stream. <laughs> man, oh man. Hope everyone's having a great day. I think the audio is fixed, hopefully. It seemed to be fixed. <laughs> Actually, I set this up like an hour before I come down here, so everything's perfect, everything's set up, everything's ready to go. I came down here like five minutes before the live stream, and I turned on everything, and all of a sudden there was no audio at all. I'm just checking everything, turning everything off, and finally it came back on. Hopefully it should be good. It looks like it's not spiking, so... Whew. <laughs> Let's get this thing started. If you're watching the repost, make sure to leave comments or any ideas or any uh, questions you have or anything you want to know about or discussions you want to have that we can talk about. Or if you're watching now, go ahead and leave them. Hey, what's up, Chip? You made it on time. Right on. Me too. <laughs> Let's just jump right into it. Actually, let me step back. <laughs> also, if you're new here, I like to talk about our passions. My passion is uh, knife making. Actually, lately, it's been more about cameras and doing live streams on YouTube than it has been knife making, which is kind of the whole reason I wanted to do this priorities over progress because, man, I was looking back through my videos and some of these knives I've been working on for way too long and kind of the reason I've only been putting up like one video a week because I've been trying to catch up on doing everything without bringing the camera into it and making a video out of it. I'm trying to make the actual videography better, but I think what's suffering is the actual tutorials because I'm so focused on the camera work and setting everything up and getting all this done that I'm not really focusing on what the actual part of the content is. Chip said, uh, no intro for the live stream. If you guys watch Cat's Cradle Forge, which actually one of the thing is Cat's Cradle Forge, I think he had some copyright strikes. So he made a new channel that's like uh, Cat's Cradle Forge Part 2. And if you guys don't know, he used to be Workshop of Death, and I think that's where some of the problems came in. So he changed to Cat's Cradle Forge. If you guys want to learn about forging from like rudimental build your own stuff, and use what you got to make these awesome things. That's the channel to uh, check out. But anyway, on Cat's Cradle Forge's second channel, he made a new intro that's like a minute long. And I commented when I was studying YouTube and how to get these thousand subs and how to be best and, and all this stuff about being a YouTuber, they say keep your intros if you want to have an intro down to 12 seconds. People with short attention spans they see this long intro, they're going to click away. And then Chip was commenting how he doesn't really like intros, and he doesn't even like my intro, which I'm sure he thought, oh, man, I don't know if I should say that, but, you know, it's better to keep someone in check and tell them, hey, I don't really like this than to be fake and be like, oh, that's great, yeah, I watch it every time. Because even my favorite channels, you know, Peter McKinnon, I always talk about how he's like my favorite guy for photography. I skip his intros, Matty Hapoya, all these guys. You know the intro's coming, you see them do the little starting point, you know, like how I'm like, hey, how's it going, welcome to the channel, all right, roll, and then, are you ready, here we go, and then I do the intro. Well, a lot of YouTubers do that, but anyone I watch, I always skip that intro and then go right into the content. 
which is okay because you've seen that intro. You know, if you're a subscriber that has watched for a long time, you know it's coming. So skipping is not a problem. The intros are mainly for new people because that's the whole thing about YouTube. It's like draw them in, keep their attention, show them what they're here for, and then get on with the content. That's really kind of one of my topics today about in the whole priority and progress because lately I've been pushing away from all the rules. You have to do this to get subscribers. You have to do this to get subscribers. And this is the way to build your channel. And if you do this, you're going to be hurting your channel and so on and so on. Instead of being putting out two videos in the live stream, I've only really been doing one video in the live stream. My subscribers, I was getting like 150 subs a month. And now I'm down to like 90 a month. In fact, yeah, I'm down to like 90 a month. And I'm almost about to hit the 2,000 subscriber mark. And this last 100 to get from 1,900 to 2,000 has taken a lot longer. Because my priorities have, uh, my priorities haven't changed. But the way I look at what I want to put out as content and what I want to make this channel is a lot different. I'm not even reading. I'm random. Hey, what's up, SLG Foxy? Actually, you're not late. You're, uh, what, eight minutes? <laughs> Hope you've been having a good week. A lot of these rules, you know, and they will help you build your channel and all that stuff. And But they will also, if you get too caught up in that, you get so focused on, oh man, I got to do this right. I got to do this right. But your content kind of suffers because if you're a vlogger, it might be different or stuff like that. But when you're doing tutorials, your main focus should be what you're giving the tutorials about. Not how good the camera looks or how this looks and that, which is still important. It's that balance I'm always talking about. And when you got OCD, it's real easy to get caught up in every shot being perfect and everything being perfect. Thanks, Chip. He says the audio is spot on. Yeah, I don't know what happened last week. Oh, I do. I actually put a new battery in my mic. Just made sure everything was working. So I think the battery was going dead. Because I haven't changed anything with any of the other settings. So speaking of progress... Uh, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, I've been working on Kydex. I've almost got this sheath done. Nice and snappy for the fillet knife. I got, you know, all these are almost done. Bam. Now this karambit, I made two of these. The first one I messed up. It's just such a weird and awkward shape to make a sheath for. But it's working out pretty good. So, <laughs> but man, it's such an awkward shape. <laughs> and then this one, Steve's knife, man, because of all these little uh, indentations and all that, this was a really hard knife. It's hard to kind of put it in like that. It wants to go in a couple different ways. Yeah, see, that's what made me think about it. I'm on Facebook and a few other places, and people are asking me, oh, how do you do this? Like, how do you do your kydex, or how do you do this thing? And I'll go, oh, I got a video on that. And I go to look up the video, and it's, like, almost a year old. 
I haven't done anything on Kydex in like a year. I haven't done how to etch logos and SLG Foxy, one nice cram, but thanks. Appreciate that. Man, I just got to focus more on getting stuff done because I don't know. I guess it's my, uh, the way my OCD works. It's like I have to do all of this or all of this or all of this. So I've been writing a lot of songs. You know, when I got sick a couple weeks back, it's probably been actually almost a couple months now, I was like really getting into my music. And that's kind of like stepped in the way of me making videos too. Because I'll sit down and I'll, I'll write a song or I'll start on something new. And before I know it, it's like I've been sitting there for six hours writing this song. And I'll be like, oh, I'll just spend a little bit more time then I'll get up and work on Knives. And then that little time turns into like two more hours. All right, well, it's too late. I'll, I'll eat some dinner and sit down and watch some videos or something. And then I'll go work on some knives. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there playing guitar again or bass or whatever. So when I wake up, I'm all groggy and don't want to do anything. So if I sit down and play guitar, it wakes me up and gets me going. But then it's like, man, <laughs> I get so caught up. So I, I got to try to kind of like figure out how to schedule music for two hours. Come down and make knives for two hours set up and make a tutorial for three hours and all that stuff. I've really got to figure it out. Now, for a long time, my focus was so driven on building this channel. All right, I hit a thousand subs. Now I got to keep going and keep going and keep going and make it better and better and better. Once again, that balance was gone because I wasn't making knives. I wasn't finishing knives. I would come down here and just do enough knife making for the video. Then it's like, oh, well, I can't make more or I can't work on the knife anymore because I got to wait to make the next video. My priorities were all messed up and it was really messing up my knife making. Like I said a couple weeks ago when I got sick, I was doing a lot of thinking and worrying about all these rules and, and all this other stuff. And, oh, man, I got to do everything this way and perfect it this way. But anyway, let's get off that topic. <laughs> <laughs> what really got me on the thing of priorities is Monday I was coming wanted to come down here and shoot whatever video it was oh I know it's the Hamones because I want to do these Hamones I learned something about Scotch-Brite belts any of you guys that use Scotch-Brite belts that want to stone wash or two-tone your blades it's not a good idea this might be because of my experience or whatever, but what I did is, you know, I brought this up to like a 300 grit and then I hit it on the Scotch-Brite, which made it really shiny and, and really polished and look really spectacular. But when I went to stone wash it, I think I shared in the last live stream how it like faded the edges, you know, how the Scotch-Brite comes over the edges and kind of blurs everything together. Well, when you stone wash it, that doesn't come out right. It's kind of faded. Let me see. It's like all these knives I hit on Scotch-Brite. I had to go back down to like a 300. Let me see if I can turn this light on. I had to go back down to like a 300 or 200 and bring it out so I could re-stone wash it. And I had to do the flats over and everything so I can acid etch it. Because I like to do that two-tone. 
I like to have it where it's stone washed on the flats and then the bevels are like a high polish. That scotch bright really made it hard to etch. It was just like, you could tell wherever the scotch bright hit. And my theory is because the scotch bright, say you go to a 400 and you use a scotch bright, well, the scotch bright shines it to make it look like a 1200. So it's really crisp and really shiny. You know, the way it hits is blurring everything out. Instead of going like 400, 600, 800, 1000, 1200, it's just blurring everything out and making it really look like a high satin polish. Now, if you don't want to etch your blade, it looks amazing. And it even hides a lot of flaws. Like if you've got facets and stuff and you're a beginner knife maker or whatever, Scotch Brights, man, are a real easy shortcut. In fact, I've heard a lot of guys being like, oh, now I only go like 36 to rough everything in and then maybe like an 80 and then 120. And then go to Scotch-Brite, and I'm done. It looks good, and it looks finished, and it looks like a high satin polish. But I've said that before. When you take shortcuts and you skip steps, it might look good, but that don't mean it is good. Boulay Blades, how's it going? Hope your day's going fine. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do tomorrow is start redoing this one. If you remember... On this karambit, I was kind of doing hamones, but then I was like, you know what? Oh, you can't see it. I got tape on it. I re-etched this and re-stone marched it. I'm not even going to bring out the hamone in this. Let's see. I have to clean these out. Once you make them like this, you have to go wash them out. Or I like to go wash them out with soap and make sure there's no burrs. Because one thing about Kydex... If you don't clean it and thoroughly open it up and clean it out, when you slide your blade in, you'll get a big old scratch across the bevel. And that's the one thing I don't like about Kydex. Man, it'll scratch your blade up big time. <laughs> I actually had a cleaning lady come down here, uh, what was it, last week. She doesn't take care of my mom, but she cleans the house because I'm a pretty messy person. Don't they say, uh, uh, what's that saying? The sign of genius is a messy person, like Einstein was really messy and stuff like that. <laughs> or maybe that's just what messy people tell everyone to make them think they're smart. <laughs> Let's see if we got it. Yeah, see, you can still see the hormone, but it's a real nice stone wash. And there's the tape side. <laughs> but see, now I can't put it in here because it'll be all scratched up. By the way, on my tutorials... And actually, anyone's tutorials, I've probably said this before. When you're watching tutorials, like the tutorials I do on knife making or whatever it is, this is what works for me. I'm not telling you, you have to do it this way. In fact, you might try it the way I'm telling you to do it, and it comes out wrong, or you mess up your blades. Bootleg's blade says, but Kydex looks way, way faster. I've never tried leather. Man, I bought leather a long time ago and all the tools to do it, but it's kind of like the folder and the friction blade. It's on that to-do list. <laughs> I don't know much about leather, but I had an awesome idea because if any of you guys have been for here for a while, you know, like I've had people say, can you do sharpening videos? In fact, I think Chip even asked me if I could do a sharpening video, but my sharpening skills are... Uh, 
on the low side. <laughs> They're probably the weakest part. And it might be like that mental block that's why I'm not finishing knives so fast. Because I know I have to get that sharpening part done, which is which is actually pretty, uh, you know, I'm sitting here telling you, oh, just keep working, just keep doing, and, and push through, and, and man, you'll get better, and this and that. And here I am letting fear of sharpening knives conquer me. But anyway, I had this awesome idea. On my platen, I made this piece right here so it slides up and down. It's like a top platen, and you can move it up and down. So when your belt comes over, you have this to sharpen on. And that's exactly what I made it for. But I was thinking, if I redo this with a piece that comes up, like even comes in here or something, so there's another plate that comes up that I can pivot, I can actually make it so I could set that angle and then every time I sharpen my knife on this, it'll be the exact angle I want and perfect every time. Kind of like the Wicked Edge times 100. So that's another idea. I just came up with that last night. Now how long it's going to take me to make that. Just like the jig. If you guys watched that video where I was welding and stuff. Bootleg Blake says he uses a Pro Edge or Edge Pro. You guys probably know Martin. He's been on this channel for a while. He needed some parts for his 2x72 he was building. And I actually had an extra platen and all that. And a few wheels and all that. So I traded him all those parts for a Wicked Edge. Now, I will say the Wicked Edge, it'll put that perfect edge on there. I like it, but I don't like it. It just seems to take a lot longer. You got little stones and it's supposed to be to make your edges more productive and more precise and all that stuff. Bootleg Blade says he's getting the motor for Martin. Oh, sweet. Yeah, the Wicked Edge is great. If I could build that on my grinder and get a burr off my grinder, cause see, I've even done that where I'll get the burr on my grinder because I set my grinder up to run in reverse. But I had to take the old arm. If you guys watched a while, I took the old arm off because it was messing up and all that stuff. I think if I can make a jig where I can set the angle on top of that little top platen, then boom, boom, every time, and just go to like 800 grit belt, hit it on the strop, and I'm good to go. Yeah, Bootleg Blade says he has a... Uh, the Edge Pro and the stones only go up to a thousand and never go past 800. For me, it's not like I'm cheating, but I feel like I should learn on, on, on wet stones. If something comes up and something goes wrong or something, you might not have your Wicked Edge, you know, or whatever, but I don't know. Jeremy from Simple Little Life does that whole thing. And he, man, he went and did a class on how to use wet stones. And the guy that got me into knife making, that's all he does is use whetstones. And the Wicked Edge is sweet because you can set the angles, you know, and all that. Where a lot of the other ones, it's kind of give and take and all that. Everyone has their own preferences and their own ideas. Oh, the stones go up to 10,000. Oh. Chip says he uses a 6,000. See, a Wicked Edge only goes up to 1,500. 
I use a, like a, a thousand, six thousand stone whetstone. But it's a good technique to learn how to use whetstones. I don't know if you guys ever watch Go Customs. He hasn't put out a video on YouTube for probably years. G-O-U-G-H, Go Customs. But man, he did a lot of these tests on which steel is the best. And do you want a toothy sharp knife? Or do you want a really slick fillet knife? He has a bunch of stuff on sharpening and stuff like that. I like whetstones, man. I just uh, need to get better at them. <laughs> I need to get better at sharpening altogether. My friend that got me into knife making, he's all into chef knives. and I guess that's how he got into knives. He's into cooking and all that and buys all these expensive, really nice chef knives. Which is funny because he's... When I made that one chef knife like a year and a half ago, he's like, man, you made it all backwards. The handle was all backwards and stuff. I'm like, dude, I've never owned a chef's knife in my life. I, I don't cook with these things. If I want a chef knife, I'll go to Walmart and buy a set. <laughs> Bootlegs Blade, yes, he does CNC now. Yeah, yeah, Go Customs is all CNC. But man, that CNC machine he has is, is like an older machine. That dude does some wicked knives and stuff. His old tutorials, I still go back and watch them. I think I got off that topic is even stuff like that. All these guys that are doing tutorials, we were all where you are and we found what works best for us. I'm speaking for myself, but I have an idea now that I've watched all these people. It's like, and you go back and you watch and it's like, oh, well, that doesn't work for me. And when I tried to make that work for me, I got discouraged and uh, I learned how to do it my way. And these tutorials, that's what they're all about. It's about showing you the process, but kind of guiding you. And hopefully you can figure out how you want to hold it. Like Niels Vandenberg, he has a whole class, whole big warehouse. He just set up a new one even. And he has students come every Saturday. He teaches them blacksmithing and forging and how to make knives and stuff like that. It's different when you're watching a video than having someone stand there and being like, okay, you're holding this wrong or, you know, kind of guide you and see what you're doing wrong to kind of help you fix what you're doing wrong, if that makes sense. Oh, you know what I did? That's right. For my whetstones, you get that, uh, rubber thing that you put the stones in it and you clamp it down it's like 20 bucks and it's on rails you open it and close it so what I do is I put that and I put a block of wood this is I got this from my friend this is how he does it well he had me because he knew I was a carpenter you take a piece of wood yeah in fact this is probably hold on this is probably where this piece of wood came from you take a piece of wood like that and then you screw two small pieces under here that go right in the sink. Say here's your sink well. So you put the pieces of wood that go right in your sink. Boom. And you put that rubber piece on here with your whetstone. That way you can have the sink water come right over your stone and sharpen. Boom, 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 boom. And this piece of wood can't go anywhere because it's locked into the sink. If that's what you guys are talking about. You guys like my purple shorts? They probably don't look purple on this. <laughs> I've been on a purple kick lately. <laughs> you got 
petunia digging magnets. Now, when you're talking about putting magnets, are you talking about putting magnets to hold up your knives, like on the wall? Or are you talking about it for your sharpening stones? Maybe I misunderstood. I thought you were putting magnets to hold your uh, the plate for your stones down or something. I'm trying to keep up. You know I can't read. At least I actually remember to uh, wipe down my glasses this time. <laughs> so that whole hand sanding thing I've been doing, how I'm trying to get away from hand sanding, this should show you the difference. This is like a Scotch-Brite. You can see grind lines in it. Hopefully. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, you can kind of see grind lines. So this is like, I think, an 800 cork belt. Boom. When I was doing all the hand sanding, here's your hand sand finish. You have no grind lines. Everything's nice and smooth and polished and shiny. And Let me take that back. Oh, Stalking Wolf, what's going on? <laughs> Better late than never. You got that right. I got these belts. They're like a, a cloth backing. But they're like 1,000, 1,200. I think one even goes up to 2,500. If I'm not mistaken. So I haven't given up on the belt progress yet. <laughs> I'll go down fighting. I refuse to hand sand. <laughs> I've actually had footage of me hand sanding a few things that I've had on my on my disc on my hard drive for a while. Oh, I know what it was. I said, was it this one? It might have been this one. It was the handles. I was going to say, wait, I didn't hand sand any blades. I refuse. <laughs> it's these handles. All three of these handles I had to hand sand. There's no uh, trick to getting around that. <laughs> Unfortunately. Believe me, if I could, I would. <laughs> Man, Steve's knife came out nice. I will say it's a little too small for my hand. It fits right in the hand. Honestly, I haven't talked to Steve in a long time. I think he's mad at me for some reason. He unfollowed me on Instagram and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe that's just me reading into things too much, but... I hope he's doing well, man. I wish him all the best. I learned a lot from him. He was a good guy, so... I know Bootleg's Blade saw this because he follows me on Instagram. Check this out, you guys. I got the door. Boom! I got the door on the oven. I made another door for the little oven. Last night, I was like, man, do I want to finish these Kydex? Or do I want to clean up the room with the uh, heat treat oven and all that? And I wanted to do Kydex, but my OCD's like, man. See, I think that's why I have this cough, because of all this dust down here. I clean up and stuff, but man, there's so much dust everywhere. I just need to do a thorough cleaning. One thing about me is like, okay, I'll have a mess here and I'll move that mess from where I'm working to somewhere I'm not working and then go back to working. My heat treat room and this room stay fairly clean where I can walk around, fairly manageable and stuff like that. But beyond these two rooms, man, things, boxes were piling up, you know, where I buy belts and stuff and just throw the boxes down in a big pile so I can walk in this room I can walk out into the heat treat room 
but trying to go anywhere else in this basement was just like a little pathway. And it's like, man. So I asked the lady, can you come down here and clean? And last month, she actually cleaned my shop, which if you guys remember, she kept hiding stuff from me or putting things away so I couldn't find it. I was like, okay, next month I'll save up and can you do the boxes and all that? So now I'm not used to it. I can actually walk down the stairs and walk in my whole basement. It's like, oh man, I'm trying to like go like this. And I'm like, like one of those uh, lions that have been in captive for years, take them out of the cage and they still walk the same line, which that's sad. And that really gets me upset, but it's uh, an example. So I think I figured out the problem why um, my welding is so bad because I wear glasses like this so I can see just enough, like I can read what's going on here, but if it comes to like reading small print like this, it's a little blurry, which I used to not have to wear glasses for anything. I also think, you know, a lot of the things like wearing these glasses, which I think these are like a 1.2, and I've got all the way up to like a 2.5 now. I put on like the 2.0s and I did some welding. I was like, oh man, I can actually see what I'm welding. Which kind of is good, but it kind of scares me because if I start wearing those glasses, is it going to hurt my eyes more by seeing that light magnified? Do I worry about better welds or do I worry about my long-term vision? I think for now, I'll just keep my bad welds. <laughs> you know, I'll kick the welder on. You know, I'll put it exactly where I want, and then I'll kick it on, and I'm kind of blindly going, and I'll take it off. And sometimes it's like, oh, man, that came out good. Sometimes it's like, damn, I completely missed what I was trying to weld. And that's why a lot of times you'll see it, me going over, and then another blob over that so to, like, link it all together. Chip, he says he bought a, a welder like six months ago, but it's still in the box. Chip, there's a guy called Chucky2009. Now, I'm sure you've heard me talk about him here before. His new videos are about farming and stuff like that. But if you go on his channel and you look under playlist, he has a whole series on MIG welding, whole series on, you know, TIG welding, on stick welding. I think he likes stick welding the best. So whatever kind of welding you want to. And he also has what not to do. That's how he got started in YouTube. It's like years and years of him teaching how to weld. And then I guess he was a welder for a couple years and started getting good on YouTube and, and being good as a professional welder. He grew up in Ohio and then moved to Texas. And I think he's always been into tractors. I think he's got like 10 tractors on his lot where he lives now. <laughs> Bootleg blades, he had LASIK, but used to weld with contacts and glasses. My friend keeps getting on me. He's like, man, you need to go to the eye doctor. Last time I was at the eye doctor, I was like 35, and they are like, you got 2015 vision, better than perfect. I think when I had my heart surgery and all that, they said I had like small strokes, because every once in a while I'll see like squigglies in my eyes and stuff. So I think that affected my eyesight big time. Plus the welding and anything like that. I'll tell you what. It's hard getting used to not being able to see. Because I've got like two or three pairs of glasses now in my car. And I've got glasses everywhere. 
But if I'm driving in my car, I forget to grab them and take them into the stores. So I'll be in the stores and I'll just be like, ah. In fact, I went into the bank to cash a check, deposit one of mom's checks. And I had to ask the lady to write it out for me because I can't read these numbers. Can you do this for me? I forgot my glasses. Turn it into an old man. I'm going to have to get one of those shirts with the pockets on them. Put your glasses in. So, Stalking Wolf got to bounce. Catch you on the next one. Yeah, take it easy, Stalking Wolf. Yeah. I'm not used to having to wear glasses. But like I was saying, my friend's like, man, go to the eye doctor and get your eyes checked out. And I'm like, oh, well, I can see now because I've got knees. Started out with like ones, 1.25s. And now I put these on and things are blurry. And it's like, ah. Oh. So, you know, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and go to the eye doctor because I might be making my eyes worse by just using reading glasses and stuff like that. When I'm trying to read with these, it's fine. But when I walk around, it kind of hurt my eyes because, you know, long vision, I'm good. I can't even read like the, uh, the chat anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, man. I gotta get it done. It took a long time to come to grips with losing my eyesight. I've always had bad hair. You know, my hair's always been really super curly and stuff like that. And whatever. Man, I got better than perfect eye vision. So letting that go has been a hard one to do. <laughs> my week started out pretty interesting. Uh, Sunday night, my toilet started uh, running. Every five minutes, you'd hear it turn on and turn off. And five minutes later, turn on and turn off. And I knew a bit about plumbing. I was like a plumber's helper and stuff. I knew I had to get it done, which is basically another reason I didn't get You know, That was actually where the whole priorities over progress came because fixing that toilet was definitely a priority I had to take care of. And man, I don't know what it is about... You know, say I get up early, I run to this store, then I go run this down and run that air. Something about taking care of all these errands, I get home, it's like that was my day of shot. I don't know why I do that. It's just this weird thing. It's like I go out and run all these errands and do all this other stuff, and I can't get back in the, the work mode for some reason. I knew it was pretty much the flapper or whatever, but we got an old toilet we've lived here 47 years or whatever it is and i don't think i've ever taken the back off to do that whole flapper replacement you have to take the whole back off it's just like oh man i don't want to do that <laughs> and like i say damn murphy's law i'm sitting there at home depot and it's like well i could buy just the flapper or i could buy the whole replacement and i know i know in my heart of hearts, if I just buy the flapper, I'm going to come home, I'm going to put the flapper on, and it's going to still leak. <laughs> That's just the way things go for me. <laughs> it wasn't too bad because just the flapper was like six bucks, and the whole thing was like nine bucks. It's like, well, you get the flapper anyway, you might as well spend the nine bucks. That way, if it is messed up, you don't have to drive all the way back to Home Depot and go through that whole thing but of course i got home and it was just a flapper <laughs> which is like man i tricked murphy's law 
because I didn't want to take that whole damn back of the toilet off anyway. <laughs> I win! <laughs> Chip says I could have done a video on fixing the toilet. Like, uh, I ordered some steel, some four-inch steel. I'm going to make a, another quench tank. You see all these guys like Alex Steele? Well, Alex Steele has the one that's like this tall. I remember reading when I started knife making. Oh, when you quench your knives, you have to quench north to south. If you don't quench north to south, you're going to warp your blade. All these things, like I've always said, man, you got to test them out. What happens if I don't go north to south? And for the longest time, I'll be honest, when it said go north to south, I'm like, okay, my house is set up. DC is east, so north to south is this way. <laughs> when they're talking about going north to south this way. <laughs> oh, man. But so I'm going to actually weld up one of those things and then fill it up with parts. And that way I'll have my parts in that and uh, my McMaster and my ammo can to see if there's any difference. Yeah, bootleg blades in that video of him cutting up that tree. I swear, man, I was just waiting for you to fall off that roof, too. Or I was waiting for you to cut that limb and to come back and sock you in the head. It would have gone viral. <laughs> yeah, so I plan on doing that, you know. See if the quench tank is straight up and down. Or I use that ammo tank and I go sideways and I haven't had a problem. And the thing is, the funny thing is, these guys that tell you this stuff, it's like I say, it's always that one guy passes it on to another guy. He started, he got this bad information from someone that, oh, man, I've made 10 knives and I messed all nine of them up, but then I did it this way. And all of a sudden it was great. So this is where it works best. You have to do it this way. Well, man, you just might have lucked out and... Who knows what, what stars align to make that one right and these nine wrong? Or what you did wrong on these nine. It might have not had nothing to do. Like with normalizing. If you watch like my older videos, I had a discussion with Chip about this. I think it was last week. You watch my older videos. I used to wrap all my blades in uh, this uh, stainless steel foil and all that and normalize them and, and all this stuff and... Lately, I haven't been normalizing my stock removal blades. And there's a big discussion about do you need to normalize or not. And honestly, I don't know. I want to do that test too. Where I take two blades, I grind them out, I normalize one, and I don't normalize the other. Now, if you forge your knives and stuff like that, yes, you have to normalize. Because that's the whole point. You're taking that steel above critical you're taking it above like 1600 1700 degrees so you're growing grains in the steel and when you normalize it it brings the grains back down it brings the carbides back down but when you do stock removal see my old theory was while you're grinding on these knives you're stressing them you're drilling through it and all that and doing all this stuff to the knife and you're stressing it out and i have a lot of blades that would warp but like i say that could have been me just not straightening the blades before I heat treated them. Or something else I did might not have even been normalizing. 
But the last few blades that I heat treated, I just put it in the press. I made sure were perfectly straight, and they came out perfectly straight. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to do that test because I think the only time you need to normalize because your steel, when you buy from a, a supplier, now if you're buying like mystery steel, like 5160 or something or some kind of spring steel or some kind of leaf springs, you probably have to normalize it. But if you're buying your steel from a supplier, they anneal it already and they pickle it, which pickling just means, you know, makes it so it doesn't rust and all that. Basically, <laughs> I can't explain pickling. I know basically you wipe that stuff on, you pickle it, it's like a coating. Now, I will say, like Admiral Steel, like Jance, Jance gets their steel from Admiral. For some reason, they're 1095. If you don't take that top coating off, you'll have problems with the heat treating. I've done it on a few knives where I had one knife I didn't heat treat, I mean, I didn't grind the bevels till after and I had a whole bunch of problems with the heat treat. In fact, there's a video a while ago about that. And then the ones where I did grind the bevel were fine because that top layer came off. It was like the first time I ever failed at heat treating. But anyway, so yeah, the blade already comes annealed so I don't think you need to normalize. But really, there's only one way to tell if you need to normalize or not. And that's by making a blade breaking it in half and looking at the structure of the grain. You want a really tight grain, smooth grain. So that's another video on my to-do list. But now I got two ovens, so I could probably do it a lot quicker. <laughs> Bootleg Blade says, so with stock removal, you don't have to normalize. But if they didn't normalize the steel at the steel plant, you won't know. So normalizing is a good idea. Actually, Usually when you buy steel online, it says, if you go to New Jersey Steel Baron, Alpha Knife Supply, Jance, it usually says pickled and annealed, or this steel comes annealed. And also, another way you'll know, if you use an angle grinder to cut your knife blank out, you won't know because angle grinder goes right through hardened steel. But if you use like a saw blade, or you go to drill holes, and you can't drill it, if you got new bits, then that steel is hard and it hasn't been annealed. That's the whole point. That was one of the good things about having the big heat treat oven with the ramp and soak PID. I could set it to like 1500 and then step it down to 1200 over an hour and then step it back down and, or step it down to 1300 an hour and then down to 12 and then stick it in vermiculite. And a lot of people are like, oh, man, you don't need to do all that to anneal 5160. Just heat it up to 1500 and stick it in the vermiculite. I was like, oh, really? Have you tried that? Because that was the first thing I tried, and uh, it didn't work so well. I mean, it worked. It was a little softer, but the drill bit still didn't go through it. So, see, the way I used to normalize, like I said, is I'd wrap everything in those uh, stainless steel foil packs. This stuff. When you got stainless steel, you need this. But there's two types. There's a 2200 degree stuff, and then there's a 2000 degree stuff. So what I would do, I would wrap my knives in that to normalize it. That way, when you bring your knife up to 1500 degrees, you don't get all that scale and decarb on it.
And your knives come out just like they look with a little bit of color in them. Brulee <laughs> blade. I just recently started normalizing everything because I like to make everything more difficult. Hey, I did it too, man. In fact, like I said, I, I would wrap all my blades, which took even more time. <laughs> but I'll tell you, you don't get all that scale and decarbon stuff, and they come out real nice. And then you put any scale on them, and boom. You don't have to sit there and fight all that decarb because decarb is bad. That's when your blade gets too hot, so all the carbides bleed out, which I'm explaining it wrong, but yeah, you don't want decarb. That and scale. I know it in my head what it is, but trying to explain it, it's like, man, I'm going to tell them the wrong thing. And then there I am passing off bad information where I'm complaining about people that pass bad information. <laughs> yeah, but if you look up decarb, the whole Martin site and all that stuff, and it's a hard thing to explain, but it's something you should learn if you're in the heat treating or knife making. Definitely. Yeah, Outdoor 55, I saw him doing that normalizing too. It's actually what made me think of it because he was saying exactly what I used to say. Oh, you have to normalize this. And he was doing that 101 blade. And he's like, I didn't normalize this when I normalize everything else. Or I don't know. I'm paraphrasing. But anyway, whoo, it's four o'clock. Good Lord. What do you guys got to tell me to stop rambling? <laughs> Dave, you're talking too much. We had it. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Plus, I'm out of water. Right. Yeah. I'm out of water. I was going to say something else, but it's water. <laughs> it's water with a little bit of B vitamin in it. That's why I get all pumped and jacked. So. <laughs> it's like the natural caffeine. All right. So, that's about it. Amazon links and my new shirts and all that are up there on my uh, website. It's uh, DaveIrving.com. Links are down below. and It should be up in the cards if you're watching the repost of this. It was a good, fun uh, live stream. I swear, I never did this before I uh, started this live stream. It's just like one of those little ticks. <laughs> all right, yeah. So website, go check it out. Hopefully, within the next week, I'll have four or five knives up there. <laughs> There's two up there now. The new shirts, the old shirts are up there. All my Amazon links and stuff like that. Thanks for stopping by. Hope you all have a great rest of the weekend. And if you come by just for the live stream, I hope your next week's good. I'm going to try to get out two videos. If I only get one, then... At least we got that one, right? <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate all the support. Really appreciate you all coming by. As always, take it easy.